Have you ever gone after a dream most people would never even try? That was me. I'm Caroline Gardner, a single mom of three who thought I could never accomplish something like a triathlon until I did and everything changed. This is a show about people who dare to go after their dreams, especially when met with life's adversities. So let's go find out why we try. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Why We Try podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Gardner. And uh, today I am really excited because I am hopping the pond, as they call it, and going more north to the next guest that we have on our show. The next guest um, reached out after I posted some things on The Pathetic Triathlete. So that's a great Facebook uh, group if anyone's looking for for. Pathetic triathletes, <laughs> a group where we can all kind of talk and come together and share some laughs in this crazy times. Without further ado, I want to introduce our next guest. She's a performance nutritionist, educator, an amateur triathlete, and a kidney transplant recipient. But on top of all this, she's also a mom of three very busy children and active children, and she's married too. So Fiona O'Donnell, welcome to our show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, Caroline. Well, I'm so happy that we're able to zoom in here all the way from Cork, Ireland, which I wanted to point out my coach and his wife have reported that that is a destination for Ironman that is one of the most challenging races. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So um, really excited to have you on the show before we get any further, did you bring any of your favorite beverage or beverages? Oh, with you? I'm all stocked up. I'm all stocked up. I have my coffee. This is the 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 beverage for for mums everywhere, and it's in my veins. And of course, <laughs> I'm I'm hydrating as I go. And so, you have your water uh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm joining you with the same as well because I I agree. I have my cup of coffee here. And how do you take it? Do you take it just black, or do you put anything in it? Small drop of milk, small drop of milk. It's a little too bitter, I think, if it's uh, if it's on its own. I but I'm like, agree I agree with you. Like, it's kind of a juxtaposition. I say I'm, I say I'm a coffee snob, but then I'll have like uh, these flavored coffees, like hazelnut flavored coffees and uh-huh. stuff. So, <laughs> I I I'm right there with you. I have gotten myself off of sugar a long time ago, so I'm really proud of myself for that. But I need to have a little flavor, and I don't like getting all the flavored coffees. So recently yeah. I found a coconut milk creamer that's been really tasty. So um, oh. I'm, also, I'm also adding a, uh, a recovery beverage. I want to make sure I point that out because I got finished with training today. And here I'm with our nutritionist. It's so important <laughs> to recover and I'm glad you brought the water. So, so important. So Fiona, um, listen, you reached out. I was so grateful for that. Your story is one that I'm just so excited to jump in here and and share with everybody. Please tell us where you or when you were introduced to triathlon. Sure. So um, we moved to this lovely town of Clonakilty from Dublin back in 2006. And at the time we were we were just running. We were running 5Ks and 4-milers and 10-milers and 10K races. And didn't really have any big um, plans to do marathon, but sure, they're the famous last words, really. Um, Anyone who goes out for a short run eventually ends up doing some kind of endurance race. In West Cork, so we we started up a marathon here, myself, my husband, my uncle and aunt. 
And we started up a marathon, which is the, the Clonakilty Waterfront Marathon. And through that, I guess, locally, there was loads of people joined in who weren't just runners, they were triathletes as well. So we got to know them through the marathon. And, you know, as Jim Rohn says, you're the, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with most. So it's that kind of so know, people around you are doing yeah. it. The social element creeps in. And they're saying, do you want to go for a cycle? You're saying, well, I don't have a bike. I better buy one. And yeah, it kind of creeps in like that. So you, were, you were introduced that way. And I, I, I have to agree. If you're surrounding yourself with active, healthy individuals, mm. more power to you. At this point, had you had any experience with swimming or, I mean, you said you had the running. What about what about yeah. cycling over there? I would imagine cycling over there would be a great challenge. So what yeah. I've heard. Well, I suppose like everywhere, everybody cycled everywhere. And um, when we were kids, we cycled everywhere. And I hadn't really cycled since I was a kid. You know, I, I had walked, well, I'd cycled to work in Dublin. My bike kept getting robbed. So I kind of gave up on that and started using the bus. The roads here wouldn't be, the surfaces wouldn't be great. So yeah, it is a bit of a challenge, but it makes, it makes when you go to somewhere like Spain or you go somewhere else that has good quality roads, suddenly you're this elite cyclist who can just yeah. cycle for days on end. So <laughs> if you go on a paved been, road, a nice one, it's like, uh, it's all opening up to you. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. So I see what we do every day as a bit of strength training, you know, thrown in on top of everything. So it's good. Uh, absolutely. And the swim yeah. for you, I mean, I can only imagine that the swim would be, I mean, unless of course you had been already exposed to swimming, but we're on an island surrounded by water. And I think culturally in Ireland, the, we were, all brought up to be afraid of the water, mm-hmm. unless your family were swimmers. Uh, people were brought up to be afraid of the water. The sea was something to be feared. Don't go in any deeper than your waist. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to drown. So I actually was always quite afraid of the water. And I was afraid to put my face into the water. And in 2012, myself and my husband, our friends were going to do a, a sprint triathlon in a place called Valencia. And we just decided to go and do it. And I don't know what possessed me because like I could swim, you know, <laughs> the jogging paddle, right? Get yeah. <laughs> and I, I could, I could do proper breaststroke, but not with my face in the water. Mm. So I got into the water this day and the swim, they were, they were on the cusp of canceling the swim because there was a storm. So there were, I, it was wild. There were big six footers. They like, they, the waves were, how did you talk yourself through that? You just talked yourself through it? I was excited to be involved in something. So I didn't really yeah. talk myself. Well, I got to the first boy, which was about 200 meters out. And I just put my hand up and I said, get me out of here. I'll, <laughs> I'll take a spin in the speedboat, please. I need to get this wetsuit off. I can't breathe. Get wow. me out of here. So you did. You so panicked. Yeah. I did big time. So I got out of the water and I got back. Myself and my husband had our bikes uh, racked together. So when he got back to his, so I got out of the water, took off mm-hmm. my timing chip because obviously I was DQ'd. And I said, look, feck it, I'll go and I'll, I'll do the cycle and I'll do the run anyway, because yeah. sure, I've come here now. So, right. um, of course he got back to his bike and my bike was gone and my wetsuit <gasps> was hanging over the bike rack. So he spent the entire, <laughs> he spent oh the entire triathlon trying to catch me and cursing me because he couldn't understand how I beat him out of the water, you know, uh, which was really funny. I laughed about that the whole way around. So that's awesome. That's a great way to turn something that 
you know, probably could be a negative, right? But turned into a positive yeah. and have fun with it. I think that's probably so something so true that we've all learned uh, on a great yeah. on a great yeah. scale here now. So are lap pools very, very prominent around where you are? I mean, how did you get, yeah. are, are you just constantly practicing in the, in the open? We open water swim from about April. Like we were still in, we were in yesterday and we would probably go to the end of this month if it doesn't get too cold. We have a dawn swim planned at the weekend, but wow. we do have two, we do have two lap pools around us. So one is a 20 meter pool, one is a 25 meter pool. You wouldn't really get anything bigger than that unless you're going to be university campus. We have access to lap pools, but I didn't learn to swim then properly until the end of 2015. I was traumatized. Oh. <laughs> I was wow. traumatized after wow. 2012. That's so, so encouraging. You know, that's encouraging for yeah. a lot of people to hear too, I think, because mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to take our time in learning a new sport, a new skill. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I guess it's like, you know, you get on a bike and you can you can kind of cycle. So you go for it. And over time you get better. Everybody can put on a pair of runners, walk out the door and just run. And it's hard. So sometimes you have to walk. And again, you know, there isn't a risk of drowning in running or cycling. (laughs) And if you get into the, if you get into a swimming pool where you can stand, yeah, you can practice. But if you're out of your depth, if you're in the open water, you might die Mm -hmm. if you can't swim. So I think there's this massive performance element that okay it's it's all or nothing here you know so I think that feeds into it a lot as well but as you just said there just giving yourself permission to say okay well this evening I'm going to see if I can get six strokes in a row and get two breaths you know without swallowing half the pool <laughs> and I think I think kind and of take that as rest- a win you know take that oh, as a 100%. big win yeah yeah exactly exactly and just taking those small steps is really, is really um, valuable. Celebrating the tiny wins. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Fiona, as you know, we're, you're going in and explaining to me your fears and your challenges, there was another really big challenge that you were facing every single day. You had explained to me that you, know, you were met with a kidney disease and, mm. and you were constantly handling that. When, when did that come into play for you? And when did you also how rather did you manage everything while you were training? Yeah, I was diagnosed in 2009 while I was pregnant with my, with my first or with my last boy, with my, with my 10 year old. I kind of thought it was going to be this transient thing that cleared up after pregnancy or, you know, whenever it was going to clear up, but Mm. it didn't. And in, in the beginning of 2014, I actually got the flu and systemically I was so, so sick with that. It just whatever little bit of, of renal function I had left, it just wiped, wiped me wow. out, you know, so it kind of put me over the edge, get your flu jabs. <laughs> um, so I kind of started to go downhill after that, really. I was good for the year of 2014. I kind of managed away and... Um, Which is I incredible to, go- to me that you even, not to interrupt you, but you even continued yeah. because, I mean, there must have been something inside of you driving you as you went along. Yeah. When you're involved in sports, it's a big part of your identity. And I guess it's like, it's the same, it's the same element as we'll say mums. And I went through this myself as well, who have a full-time job, who are really good at what they do, who are very professional and then make a decision to stay at home with kids. Mm. It's a really, really difficult decision because it's not, oh, I'll give up my job and I'll stay Mm. at home with kids. It's more, 
I'm losing part of myself. I'm losing this professional part of myself that people need in that environment. Mm-hmm. And it was the same with, it was the same with um, training. And I was this person who went out every day and it might've been that I just ran an easy 5k or if it was a sunny day and I was feeling like it, I'd just pop out and do 15 miles. And slowly that started to be taken away from me. So suddenly I was this, I was this sick person. And I, I really, that really bothered me. People would say, oh, how are you doing today? You know, since you got sick. And I'd say, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Person in hospital in bed is sick. I'm really well, but I also have kidney disease. Right. So, you know, don't, don't label me as being sick, please. Yes. You know, yeah. and that was, that was really, really important to me. In retrospect, looking back, there were days where I was on the couch dying with pains in my legs because when you've got renal disease, you're, oh, things are all over the place oh, and yes. you get leg cramps and you're really tired and everything. So your circulation is, you know, yeah, blood, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets a bit Absolutely. sluggish. Yeah. I suppose I kind of focused more like in, when was it? 2015, I think we had planned a trip to the Alps. We were doing, we were going on a, a trail running week and I mean, there were days there we were doing 25k. We had some pretty we, up mountains. <laughs> we had some, 25k up a mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some pretty Incredible. serious runs. But I was at the time I was on a course of chemotherapy and high dose steroids, so I wasn't really feeling my best. And I don't know if for any of your listeners who have ever been on a dose of steroids, these were high dose steroids, and I ballooned. So I put on, I suppose, maybe two or three kilos of, of just body weight in fluid. So mm-hmm. the first day of the camp, uh, we were doing a trail and we were doing, it was probably about 12 kilometers. And coming back down, my center of gravity was, it was shifted because I was, whatever I was, maybe three, four kilos. Like over the course of that week, I went from being I don't know, a size 10, which would be your size 14, or mm-hmm. is it? No, it's your size six, I think, is it? Probably a size yeah. six. Yeah, your size six uh-huh. is, a, is a size 10 in European sizes. So I would have been a size six, but going on this camp, I would have been in a size 10 because I was retaining so much fluid. Wow. So I had to buy two sets of running gear, but I was coming back down the hill on the very first day and I tripped and I just couldn't write myself. So I did a... I did a Tumble down a, the... A, tumble down the mountain and like it just totally wrecked the rest of the week and I was so annoyed but you didn't um, break anything did you I hope not I oh didn't I smashed thank my God. phone but I didn't break anything oh, blind to me um, oh my goodness I, yeah tore two big craters in my knees but I just kind of realized that was the first time I realized okay I coming out here on chemotherapy on steroids with renal disease and I was planning on on running you know my long run up a mountain I really have to think about maybe reassessing or just shifting my goals a little bit here. And that that really bothered me, but I suppose it provided me with a bit of a challenge as well. And it's around then I, I decided that I was going to start learning how to swim. Because even though there wasn't as much impact on my body, it was going to be much easier on me physically, right. but mentally in terms of fear and technically it was going to be probably one of the biggest challenges I had faced. So more so than running a marathon or because it was going to take me weeks and weeks and weeks. Right. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that's so, just so incredible. So beautiful because you you, you have this 
physical challenge that's going on in your life, right? That you're looking mm-hmm. at every single, every single time you try and go out and accomplish one of your goals. And then on the other side, you have this other fear <laughs> that you're like, yeah. let me try and, and accomplish this. And isn't it interesting how something that, that, that we fear is going to almost, it sounds like it's, it, it was almost a lifeline to kind of oh. help you through, through that yeah. process of everything that yeah. you were going through. That's really Not remarkable. almost a lifeline. It was, it was a huge lifeline. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. That is so awesome. You had mentioned to me that you were able to be a recipient of, of a transplant. So how did that unfold? Yeah, basically the group, the group of girls that um, we used to all swim together and there was our coach and then there was um, another three girls and one of them. So I suppose we all went through that kind of phase of improving our swimming together and it was a small class and we used to have great fun down there. Um, so we did our first triathlon the following June and shortly after that, they kind of said, OK, Fiona, you know, you're going to have to start looking at going on dialysis shortly and once you start on dialysis, really, you know, we have to put you on the transplant list because it's kind of a countdown timer. So I went on the transplant list and Grania, one of the girls who, who sat with me said, well, you know, I'll give you one of my kidneys. And in fact, all my friends did. They all went, as it turns out, Grania, Grania was one of the first to be tested and she was a match. She donated a kidney to me. That is so remarkable. It's almost like I'm listening to the story of of how you couldn't have even written that, you know, I mean, that's something that no. had you, had you tried to sit and come up with something of who was going to be a, a, a transplant donor for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and how and it came from the water of a group of people that you guys had a good time. Yeah. I think that's so remarkable how that all kind of fell into place for you and for them yeah. too. So how, how did that all fall into place with her and, and, and you both walk me through the a little recovery, bit of all that. Yeah. yeah. It was funny actually, because going up to the hospital, they had me in one room and they had her positioned in a corridor, like way around the back of the other rooms. And as I was landing, I was saying, well, that room there is free, put Grania in there. And they said, oh, well, you know, sometimes the transplant donor wants to be a bit further away just to have a little bit of space. And I was saying, no, but she won't. She won't want space from me. She'll want to be here for the crack. She wants to be in the lane next to me. She wants to be in my lane. You know, we're going to be drafting off each other for this one. So let's go. Um, And it was so funny because I was sitting on my bed and next thing Grania arrived and uh, they said, okay, Grania, we'll bring you to your room. And she said, oh, why can't I have that one across from Fiona? And they just started laughing. But I mean, it was literally, okay, so 24 hours later then, we both had, had our surgeries. And I mean, I was opened from rib to right down to the, the front of my groin. Grania was open across the middle of her abdomen. Um, they cut through the transverse abdominal muscles. They cut through the, the, the rectus sheath. So like you have a significant injury there. Standing up tall is difficult. Laughing, coughing. All that is difficult. Yes. And I swear we tested every single one of those stitches because we never stopped laughing the whole week <laughs> in hospital. And um, oh it was God. just, yeah, but it was funny because like immediately the day after surgery, we were both up and it was like, okay, what can we do today? Come on, we'll do a length of the corridor. And we'd get halfway up the corridor, kind of holding on to each other and then go, I'm out of breath. I can't do this. Come on, we'll turn around and we'll go back. We'll do it again in 20 minutes. And we'd go back and have a cup of tea and, you know, lie down in our beds and shout across to each other. 
And then we'd say, oh, my back is killing me. Come on, we'll get up and we'll go again. We were really sorry we hadn't brought step trackers because we wanted to know by the end of the week. You're how many true, kilometers? Your true athletes. Your true athletes at heart. We want to yeah, know. Yeah. We want to see. We want to make this count. We got to make this count. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, I love the fact that that the two of you, you know, went through this together. But then, then you got yourself through the the training, if you will, towards recovery. I mean, that's yeah. what something about how you even look back on that moment as something. Obviously, it was an amazing moment, but. There are definitely some major challenges when you're trying to come through a, a surgery like that. But laughing through it is really the best way to, to do it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. So, it was, dare I say, it was, it was good fun. It was really, start really, really small when we left hospital and build it up really, really slowly. So it was all about strength work first and, you know, walking for 10 minutes, you know, resting Mm. and so on it was doing just, the basics just, doing the basics yeah, sure. of something that yeah. we probably all take for granted and then of course you go back towards your regular training not regular but mm. easing yourself back into training and how did that go for both of you I mean have has that just created such an incredible bond for both of you the funny thing is we every, everyone asks that actually and I think we had we actually had an incredible bond before we started mm. and it is it is just I mean we're a very very close knit group you know it we are we are just a very close group of friends <laughs> there's five of us and i think where we can like we're all very busy we're all working we all have kids and you know maybe a lot of people would say oh come on are we going to go for uh, go to the bar on saturday night or whatever and no we still do that don't get me wrong but <laughs> where we can but Mostly it's okay. Like one of the girls went for a dawn swim this morning. She was on to us yesterday evening. I'm going to be down at the beach at 7am who's coming to meet me. And, um, you know, I ran this morning and I put it up. And so we have this group where we'll say, anybody want to do something small? Do you want to go out for 25 minutes? Who wants to do the the TT route on the bike? We'll just train for 30 minutes. And you know, so there's always somebody there to do something with. Which and, is and keeping you positive. And then, of course, as the world goes through a, a wonderful pandemic and everything is on pause and oh, hold yeah. and, and all the plans get jumbled up. Well, you have to get back to the basics again. Just same thing. Like you're all 100%. brought back to the basics and then you have yeah. to do what you can, when you can, and however, you know, however you yeah. can. So do you yeah. have anything that you were in the midst of training for that kind of got sidelined and now what's up yeah. on the, the block? Um, I suppose, like I, I was training for Barcelona Ironman this October. Oh, so wow. I should have done it there two weekends ago. Um, or yeah, not the weekend, just gone the weekend before. But kind of coincidentally, the week before we went into lockdown here, I look, I, I like to say I fell down the stairs because it sounds far more kind of dramatic and glamorous, but <laughs> I just missed the last step of the stairs. I don't know how I did it. I don't know why I decided not to take the last step. I just, I, I broke my ankles. Either way, I was kind of saying, like sitting there on the floor with my f- sole of my foot facing me, I'd say I'll be okay in two weeks, you know, I'll be able to get back to training. I can, no I, can train on the, I can train on the turbo trainer. My foot was looking at me, you know, and it just didn't <laughs> occur to me that I might not be able to do Ironman. Might, you might but, be sitting that one out. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Jeez. So, so now you've had to um, go through a whole look, bunch we're, of that we're, recovery, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know, like the good thing about that, then again, you, you look at bringing it back to basics. 
is my foot plant correct now? What exercises can I do to strengthen my ankles, strengthen my knees? And eventually these all just build up to make you a better runner overall. And they should be exercises that we're doing all the time anyway. It was kind of an opportunity. I think something always happens to me if I'm not ready for something, my body always goes, I'm just going to push you over the edge of the <laughs> stairs here now, Fiona, because you need to slow down, girl. Or, you know, I'm going to give you, I don't know, tonsillitis because nice you shouldn't reminder. be going in the water today. Yeah, yeah. So my body, my body's like my, my bodyguard looks out for me and uh, uh, there's a lesson. These, there's a lesson here yeah. somewhere. We're going to teach you one way or another, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's probably that I keep signing up for things that I'm not quite ready for. And, uh, you know, my body's going, no, off the stairs with you there now, come on. But in, in like in one way, I guess I'm really excited now about Barcelona 2021 because I have this opportunity now to drink from now, to build from now. So yeah. it's kind of exciting and just to build those 12 week blocks. So oh, that's beautiful. really exciting. That is mm. very exciting. And I can't wait. I can't mm. wait to hear as you go and follow you as you go on this mm. journey and and to cheer you on. That that was so exciting, really. Something to yeah. look forward to. We all need something to look forward to in hundred percent moment yeah. right now, especially. Um, and for those of you that are listening, Fiona is also something I mentioned before, a performance nutritionist and educator there. Tell me, you know, the clients that you see and the clients that you serve, who are they and, and, and why should we be reaching out to you? A large portion of the people I work with are women who are just really busy and who are trying to, I suppose, nourish themselves the best way they can. There's lots of mums that I work with, lots of women in business and just women who are really busy all the time and trying to meet the demands that the, that life has on them. So I kind of work with really, really simple recipes, simple tips to allow you to eat, to, to nourish your body as best you can. And then the other demographic I'd work with would be athletes. So again, a majority of endurance athletes but I'd have some boxers or fighters in there as well, trying to make weight. It's kind of diverse, but those would be the two main um, the two awesome. main demographics. Well, I, mm. I, I'm right on board with those busy moms, and I'm sure there's lots of busy uh, moms and dads out there right now that are mm. balancing so much. And when it comes to having something um, healthy and nutritious uh, to get us through those crazy Zoom hours of <laughs> of, yeah. of education for those that are still online and and those that are hybrid or whatever they call it nowadays. Thank you so much. I'm going to make sure that we we put the information for you guys to reach out to uh, Fiona and uh, we'll put your website up and all of your information in the notes of thank today's you. show. I want to sincerely thank you, Fiona, because your story is one that really inspires me too. And I hope that everybody listening, if you're a beginner or if you're starting up again, please take a moment and embrace where you are right now. And, and thank you, Fiona, for sharing your, your beautiful story with us. Okay. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to actually seeing your journey towards Barcelona 2021. Thank you so much. I can't wait. That's a wrap for this week on the Why We Try. I hope you enjoyed this episode and this deep dive into the world of triathlon as much as I did. If you're looking for more insights, tips, and training encouragement, follow me over on Instagram. I'm at Why We Try Podcast, and that's try with an I. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your teammates, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and don't forget your favorite beverage wherever you go.